We thank God for you. And we thank God that you are well. We thank God that you're whole. We thank God that you're healed. You and your house. You know, God said, you and your house shall be saved. Well, we don't think of that just only in the connotation of being saved eternally, eternal life, but we think about it being saved right now. I'm telling you, I am very, very thankful to the Lord God, Jehovah Raphika, who has kept me from, thank God, kept me from COVID-19. We plead the blood over you, over your household. Come on, don't just watch. Join in with me here because I very, very, very much want you to stay free from this coronavirus. One of my precious, precious friends just texted me before we did the countdown here and said he was taking his precious mother to uh, to the emergency room. And of course, we're praying for them. He didn't, didn't say I could share it with everybody, but I don't think he'd mind. But anyway, I'll keep her name uh, to myself. But you just pray. One of our great City Harvest Network pastors is on the way to the hospital with his precious mother. And uh, I just believe God, you know, the last 24 hours have been the worst 24 hours of this whole situation. But I know this, when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against it. So we're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we hear. I'll talk about that in a minute. You should be moved by some things you see. You should be moved by some things you hear because what goes in the eye gate, the ear gate, the hand gate, the senses gate goes into your mind and into your heart. As a man thinketh, so is he. So we're going to talk about that in a minute, but we do not fear. We cast down all fear. Fear is the enemy of faith. They cannot live. Come on. I want to hear you echo it. They cannot live in the same mind. They cannot live in the same heart and they cannot live in the same mouth. So let me encourage you once again with Psalm 81:10. Open your mouth wide. He didn't say whisper. If you don't like it loud, you won't like heaven. Open your mouth wide with a mighty decree. And God said, I will fulfill it. Now you'll see the things that you say, so shall it be. I believe people are being healed right now. Ever since we started this online, the healing anointing comes on me so very, very strongly. And I speak healing to you now from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I rebuke every fever at its source. Fever is a part of the curse. And Galatians 3.13 says Christ has, past tense, redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. And Galatians 3.19 says, we are Christ. Hallelujah. Are you? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We are Christ and therefore heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, heirs of the covenant of our great father in the faith, 
Abraham, who was not moved, did not vacillate between two mutually exclusive expectations because the, the war that we're in is won or lost in the arena of expectation. What are you expecting? What are you anticipating? Don't, don't be that, you know, every time you, you, know, you breathed in a little bit of dust and sneezed, oh, it's the Rona. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. You cast that down in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Now, we are in a war. Did you get that? A war. It's not playtime. I'm thankful that some preachers are finding out that church is not a recreation room. Yeah, it's not a theater. I feel somebody shouting. I said it's not a theater. It's not a place we come to be entertained. It's a place where we come to make war. Hallelujah. Where we take back enemy-held territory, and that's what we're going to do tonight. Worldwide, over 1.5 million people have been affected by this thing, infected by it. Half a million in the United States, and uh, over 5,000 cases right here where I am in Ohio. But put that against the population. I don't talk about the death rate. I talk about the life rate. And if you are alive right now, you ought to just open your mouth and thank God with everything in you. Plead the blood with me. Resist. Resist the devil. I pray this every day, twice a day. James 4, 7. Resist the devil and he will. You didn't hear me. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It means he'll run away disgraced. He'll run away like a junkyard dog with his tail tucked between his legs. When you resist him, how do you resist him? You resist him in word, you resist him in deed. In word and deed. You resist him by giving him no place, no topos, no position of opportunity. Give Satan no place. Here it is. Because God has highly exalted Jesus, given him a name over every name. And I speak that name to you right now. I commend every virus, every sickness and disease, every pain and malady, every malfunction and infirmity. Go now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Loose the people of God. Oh, Jesus said it. I perceive that virtue has gone out from me. Thank you, Lord, for this holy anointing. Thank you for those gathered with me tonight. And I thank you that they're telling their friends right now, get on, get on, get on. There's an anointing on Pastor Rod. That seven times greater anointing when God healed me. I'm sitting right next to the sofa that I laid on for hours and hours and hours and hours and looked up at this same ceiling and speaking the word of God, although I couldn't make a sound. And here I am right back here. God preserved me for such a time as this just for you. 
So be lifted up, be encouraged, be strengthened. Having done all to stand, just stand. Do you know that I just saw a statistic that more people are going to church right now than ever in history? And, and uh, Megan, more times a week. Yeah, they're getting online more times a week than they ever did when we were in church buildings. Well, you know, the church started just like this, in a home. So let's have, whoo, let's have church tonight. We don't have to have Wendell, Dr. Wendell O's Hammond B3 organ. We can have church, whether soever two or three of us are gathered together in his name. He's there in the midst of us right now. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said this. He said, if you young fellows were wise, the devil couldn't do anything to you. <laughs> I love this. But since you aren't wise, you need us older folks to do it for you. Augustine said, patience. Patience is the companion of wisdom. So I pray right now for patience for you. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that everyone watching right now, every, everyone worshiping with me tonight, everyone receiving your word, I just release to them the anointing of patience. What will the devil do with you when he realizes you know you believed when you prayed and you shall have it. Fact is, say that right where you are. Say, I shall have it. It is mine. I receive it now. Thank you, Jesus. Now, don't ever forget to put on the end of it, I forgive. Let's start off tonight in Proverbs chapter 2. Now, don't forget to tell somebody you're joining us. Have them join us. Proverbs chapter 2 Verses 7 and 8. I'm going to give it to you out of the Message Bible, if that's all right. I don't know there's much you can do about it because <laughs> I'm here and you are there. So I'm going to give it to you out of the Message Bible. God gives out wisdom free. Say what? God. God. Not a preacher. Not a, not a professor. God gives out wisdom free. He does the same thing with faith. I just, I just feel faith arising in you right now. I feel God's faith, that faith that calls those things that be not as though they are. I told you last week that debar means rename it. The spoken word of God renames anything you speak it to. You rename COVID-19 perfect health. You rename lack and poverty, prosperity and blessing. You rename it using God's word. God gives out wisdom free. So my question is, why do so few operate in it? He gives it out free. Then it says, God is plain spoken in his knowledge and in his understanding. Then it says, he's a rich mine, like a coal mine, a gold mine. 
He's a rich mine, here it is, of common sense. <laughs> I've been waiting for a month to get right here because I love to talk about something there's so little of. Common sense. God is common sense for those who live well because our ways please him. God causes even our enemies to be at peace with us. I said he causes our enemies to be at peace with us. Father, I thank you for that right now, for your peace. Now, let me go into three forms of wisdom. Three forms of wisdom. Are you ready? Number one, we talked about last week. Sophia, it's, it's not a lady. <laughs> Sophia, S-O-B-H-I-A, the gift of rare insight. Now, remember, let me give you a little quiz. There are three major categories of the wisdom of God. Three. Just as you have three parts because you were made in the image of God. God is three parts, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are three parts, spirit, soul, body. So with the wisdom of God, every single major attribute of God's wisdom is one-third. So there are three. They are Sophia, Phronesis, and Sunesis. The first deals with your spirit. Sophia, it, it's skill, it's cleverness. I think the best way I've, I've ever known to describe it to you is this. You know something that you don't know. I shared with you about Bezalel, the artisan of the great tabernacle in Exodus 31. The Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability, with intelligence, with knowledge, with creativity, and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting stones, for setting in carving wood, to work in every single craft. He was a craftsman, an artisan, because that wisdom came up out of him. As a result of that Sophia wisdom, Bezalel realized and was able to do far more than he could do or far more than he knew. Some of you that are very creative, you ought to thank God for that. I mean to tell you right now, I could hire three of you this minute if you were truly creative in the things of God. God's creative. We need to tap in to Sophia wisdom. He was able to craft something that had never before been seen. In the same way, through the wisdom of God, you are given rare insight to accomplish things, to, to fulfill tasks, to devise, hear me, solutions that others have said were impossible. 
Do you know that I'm believing God right now for Sophia wisdom to be upon every doctor, to be upon every nurse, to be upon every, every uh, scientist, every clinician, anyone that has anything to do with combating this virus, one thought from God could put the whole thing to rest. Lord, we just believe for your Sophia wisdom. Let me move now. Secondly, phronesis, P-H-R-O-N-E-S-I-S. This is the one I love. It's the power of small details. Attention to small details. It deals in the soul. Phronesis in the Greek, Greek means understanding. It also means, watch me, attitude. Do you know that there is an attitude of wisdom? It means that you pay attention. People that pay attention are wise. Now, Miss Jones comes through the house over there and she loves when I talk about this because if there's anything that is lacking today, and I don't care where you are, I don't care what profession you're in, I don't care what job you have, doesn't matter if you're a student or where you are in life, if you will have the attitude of paying attention, you will excel. It's practical wisdom. It means you notice things that other people don't notice. Now, I'm going to tell you, my family, and it is a family anointing. Joni has it. Austin has it. Ashton has it. I have it. We pay attention. I can get a bunch of folks in a conference room, and I can tell you right now that I can go A, B, C with them. And 24 hours later, they'll know B, but they won't know A and C. I can send them a text or an email, and I can say, here's what we need. We need an apple, an orange, and a pear. Would you please go to the store and get an apple, an orange, and a pear? And they can put it in their phone and come back with an apple and an orange, but forget the pear. Now, I'm telling you, I deal with this every single day of my life. Do you know where that comes from? You don't pay attention. You think you know what someone's going to say before they finish and your mind shifts away. You don't have the patience, the practical wisdom to close your pie hole. <laughs> I just said pie hole live to the whole wide world. Your pie hole. Now, if you need to know what a pie hole is, one of my elder's wives, Miss Diana Yoder, made me about a four inch deep, homemade from scratch, blackberry pie. She gave it to me on Sunday. It's gone. It's gone. I open my pie hole a lot. You understand? Sometimes, look, you, 
I'm going to say it again about wisdom. You already know everything you know. If you know everything you know, raise your hand. You know everything you know. But if there's one more person in the room, I promise you, they know something you don't. So when they talk, be quiet, open your ears, and close your pie hole. Everybody tweet that right now. Close your pie hole. And listen, Phronesis deals with the practical, the practicality of ordinary things, you see. The things that shape your everyday life. Sophia, right? The the spiritual wisdom of God. Sophia will show you the footpath to take to accomplish your goal right? But phronesis will tell you the proper shoes to wear to get there. My great God, did I just tell you a thing? Some of you know exactly where you want to go, but watch me now. You have no earthly idea how to get there. You don't know. I, I run into this a lot of times too. I'll have someone and I want to I want to take them with me. Maybe, maybe I'm going to the White House. Maybe I'm going to a United States Senator's office. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to meet with the mayor. And uh, they show up in raggedy jeans and a T-shirt. Well, they don't have phronesis. They don't get it. They don't understand that there's a uniform for everything. There's a hairstyle for everything. There's a proper way to introduce people. I'm going to leave that hang out there and see if anybody can go online and tell me the proper way to introduce someone. Do you introduce the person of a, quote, lower rank to the person of a higher rank? Or do you introduce first the person of the high rank to the person of the lower rank? How do you do it? Now, that's in my series on, on uh, what's the name of those? Effective, Effective leadership. leadership. That, those things are full of wisdom. You ought to go online and you ought to get those because while you're in your home, you can increase in wisdom over wisdom over wisdom if you just listen to them. The essence of this form of, of wisdom, phronesis, is just plain old common sense. The problem is there's not much of that going around anymore. Not certainly in this current culture. Proverbs 21, 23. Here it is. Here's the way God in his wisdom recorded in his word for us to close our pie holes. Watch. Whosoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul. Wow. Wow. Now, now get ready. This is Miss Joni's favorite verse in the whole Bible. A little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall poverty come upon you as one that travels. I and want is upon you as an armed man. 
my great God. I can fix unintelligent. I can teach you something. What I can't fix is lazy. Ooh. I've never, I've never in 43 years of having a staff or a team or leading people been able to fix lazy. Lazy does as lazy is easy. And look, here's a, here's a little zinger for you during this time. You're sleeping more than ever, aren't you? You're sleeping more than ever. You sleep too much, and it's worse on you than if you didn't sleep. The Bible says, don't love sleep. Don't love it. Joni will tell me all the time, men are made to work. We, we can't handle lazy. You got to pray. You got to pray lazy off you. Amen. M- M- Mrs. P, she was given a job. She always worked two jobs my whole childhood. So did my dad. And yet we ate every morning meal and every evening meal together at a four place table. Now you tell me how that's possible. But we did it. Four jobs, two kids in school, and we ate together morning and night every day. And we didn't go to McDonald's. That's another thing you're learning, isn't it? You're learning you can cook. <laughs> so Mrs. P got a job working uh, as a salesperson at a, at a furniture store. And so one day her, her boss walked up to her and said, uh, did you do the filing? Yes. Did you make those calls? Yes, they're all done. Did you sweep the carpet around the display? Yes, all done. Well, he said, well, just turn around and act like you're typing something on your, on your keyboard. And she said, I don't get paid to not be busy. You see, do an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Get up, paint your house right now. You got time? Mow your lawn. Think all the money you'll save from the lawn care company. Plant some flowers, do something, make a cake, get busy. Everybody shout, get busy. I heard you. Attention to small details. If I walk down a hallway and there's a crooked picture, I will fix it. If there's a piece of paper laying in the floor, I will pick it up. If there are chairs not underneath the table right, I will fix them. Why? Because something in me won't let things be out of place. I pay attention to small details. Phronesis takes care of life's little problems so they don't become major difficulties. Little problems become major difficulties. Think about where you work or where you're employed or your business. If one thing in that chain goes awry, it causes a a train wreck effect where everything behind that, maybe you're supposed to do a piece of artwork, but you didn't get your artwork done. Therefore, the person that's supposed to lay that out in another piece can't do it. Therefore, it can't go in the mail at the right time. Therefore, the people don't get it at the right time. Therefore, you've got a church announcing Easter at Christmas. 
just because one person didn't pay attention to small details. Let me tell you something. You become a person that pays attention to small details, you'll increase in money. I don't care what job you're in. Song of Solomon says it, chapter 2, verse 15, one of my favorite verses. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's not the big mistakes. It's the same mistake made over and over again. Ecclesiastes 10.1. Here's another one of my favorites. Flies spoil the ointment or anointing of the apothecary, meaning the drugstore, meaning their ointments to help with sickness and disease. But if flies get in them, it destroys their anointing. The anointing is like a dove. It's like a dove. It can be so easily disturbed. Disturbed. That's the reason, you know, we have wonderful, wonderful people in place that get things ready before I go in a room. I'll show you that. This is very important. Oh, I can't let you lose this. Ephesians 4.26. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Go, don't go. I've said this for 43 years. If I've got a problem in ministry today, I'm not going to have it tomorrow. I'll deal with it right now. Deal with your problems right now. One of the most beautiful pictures in your Bible, Stephen, you recognize him. He was one of the deacons chosen in Acts chapter 6. He was chosen because he exhibited this rare wisdom of common sense called phronesis. Now you think about it. He already had a 24-hour-a-day job. He, he didn't have any time left to deal with minutia, the little small details. Acts chapter 6 verse 1 says, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews church fight, that's what it was, it's a church fight, because each of them said their widows were being neglected in, in the daily ministration, meaning this group thought that group was getting better taken care of in the church. Now, the apostles, they, they're greatly concerned about this. They knew a problem had arisen between two groups that would make a larger issue and split the whole church. So the apostles didn't want that distraction about making sure the widows got their meals to be a distraction for, for them from fulfilling their God-given responsibilities. Acts chapter 6, verse 2. They said, it is not desirable that we, the apostles, should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now notice it didn't say that we apostles should leave the golf game and the fishing shore. I've, I've been amazed. Some preachers, I've watched this, are actually working now. Like they're actually doing things. It's amazing. And they're worn out, of course. They're going to have to have a sabbatical when it's all done. But anyway, they, they, they said, look, we can't leave. If if you're going to expect other people to take care of the minutia, you better make teetotal and sure that you are somewhere in prayer 
or in the word. That's your job. So they said, let's, let's appoint seven men to take care of this little matter. And then they gave them qualifications. Acts chapter 3. Let's see if you'd be qualified as a minister of helps. Watch. Honest report. That means do people say good things about you? Number two. You know, I hear people say all the time, I don't care what they think. Well, you ought to care what they think. Because if you're going to be a minister of this gospel, you've got to watch your character. You've got to watch your honesty. You've got to watch the way you deal with people. Second, they had to be full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, that covers a multitude of sin. Number three, they had to be full of wisdom. Wow. Now, I need to make this point. Stephen was tremendously used of God. Acts 6, 8, Stephen, full of faith, full of power, did great wonders and great miracles among the people. Do you know when he did that? After he served the widows. Because servants get a double portion. Then his adversaries tried to dispute with him. One of the greatest verses in your Bible, Acts 6.10. Here it is, Acts 6.10. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. My great God. Attention to detail separates good from average. Oh, my dear brother and sister, never be satisfied with good. Never expect to be praised on your job for doing what you get paid to do. <laughs> Does that make any sense? No, you've already received your praise. You got a paycheck. And if you've got one right now, you better be turning backflips and sending your boss a, a box of chocolates. Listen to me. It separates good from average. I, I never wanted, I never, great from good, good from average. I never wanted to be average and never wanted to be good about anything. You say, well, I know some things that aren't very good about you. Well, I'm working on it. You pray for me. But what I don't do is become satisfied with average. What do you know this week that you didn't know last week? What can you do this week that you couldn't do last week? What wisdom are you operating in right now that you didn't operate in a year ago? It separates, Phronesa separates best from good. My dear friend, if you want to advance, learn to pay attention to small details. You know why? Because everybody else is overlooking them. Take care of those things that to everybody else don't seem important. 
I want to pray for you right now. I feel the Spirit of God. Can you imagine when the church begins to operate in these forms of wisdom, Sophia and Phronesis, knowing things they can't ordinarily know and paying attention and taking care of the small details? I release that to you now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that the Holy Spirit comes upon you now and that you go through your house when we're finishing, straighten up crooked pictures. That you're not okay with your bed not being made. You Valor students, we've sanitized those dormitories again and I don't ever expect to find them in the situation they were in when I walked in them when you left. You want to be in ministry? You've got to learn to serve. You've got to learn to pay attention to small details. You've got to learn to seek God's face and find out things you didn't know. Well, I tried again to get through all three of these, and it looks like I'm going to have to put another one, the very last one off, till next week because I've been here too long. And they tell me if I go too long, you stop staying on here with me. So I'm not going to belabor the point. Oh, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, heal the people. In the glorious name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus Hakaboth, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle, raise up a great standard of prayer, of prayer as we unite together. If your people called by your name, that tells me we're superior to the devil. We're superior to COVID-19. We're superior to lack. I hear you, Lord. Strangest thing. God wants to set you free right now from addictive behaviors. Whew. Whatever it is, get it on the altar right now. Get it on the altar of your heart right now. I bind that thing in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatsoever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I loose you now by the mighty power of God. Whatever has been binding you, whatever laziness, maybe that's been binding you. Weariness, maybe that's been by. I speak life to you now. Not as the world gives. I speak life to you now. I speak energy to you now in the mighty name of Jesus. Ooh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got one or two more scriptures for you on wisdom. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 18 and 19. Unending wealth. My great God. That doesn't sound like a little dabble, do you, does it? It doesn't sound like, well, the economy's rocking and rolling, so I guess I'll just lose everything. You're not going to lose everything you have. I rebuke that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You're going to let the devil sit there and take what belongs to you? No, sir. You're going to rise up in the wisdom of God. God give you one witty idea 
you, you can become the next pillow man, for heaven's sake. Amen. God is still on his throne, and he is giving. What did I, what did I tell you? He's giving wisdom. Lord, let the people accept what you're freely giving right now in Jesus' name. Let me get, let me get, let me get that scripture. I don't, want, I don't want you to lose it. Unending wealth. Unending. What else could it mean? Unending wealth. I speak it to you now. Because of your obedience, because of your sacrifice, because you are, of your obedience, for to obey is better than to sacrifice. Unending wealth and glory come to those who discover where wisdom dwells. You're discovering it, aren't you? Then unending wealth is destined for you. Secondly, Ecclesiastes 2.26, to the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom. Say, I have wisdom. Knowledge. Say, I have knowledge. Happiness. You're going to spend the rest of this night happy. You're going to go to bed happy, and you're going to get up happy. I command you. That's what he gives to you, to those who please God. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth for one reason. Your Bible says to hand it over to the man who pleases God. Are you ready? Something's going to happen. There's a shifting. There's money stored up that God's going to release to you. And if there isn't money stored up, he'll have them printed to get it to you. If you'll just be a person of faith and a person of wisdom and a person of obedience. 35 years ago, God said to my heart, you know, tonight begins Passover. In fact, it begins when the sun sets and it's setting right now here in Columbus. Passover begins. 35 years ago, God said to me at Passover, I want you to encourage the people to celebrate that I gave my best. Now, let me ask you a question. Hold on now. Has any money left the earth? I'm just, I'm giving you a minute. Type in there. Has any money left the earth? It's a very simple question. And the answer is a resounding no. It's all still here. It's being shifted around. And it'd be just like God to shift yours to you. When you act in faith, in wisdom, and obedience. This is the time of year for 35 years when God has had me say to you, this is the moment, Passover, one of three commanded offerings a year, come before me, but don't come empty-handed. A lot of prophets and so forth are saying that this thing is going to have its back broken at Passover. That's between now and this, a week from this Sunday night. But I don't believe it 
for people who are disobedient, for people who aren't faithful, and for people that don't use wisdom. If you regard, your Bible says, the rain and the wind, you will not sow. So stop looking at the rain and the wind. Here's one thing you've got to look at right here. This is it. God said, bring an offering before me at Passover. So it's Wednesday night offering time, and I want to hold you right there where you are for a moment because I want to tell you that uh, Bridge of Hope, our great missions outreach, is in 51 cities distributing medical supplies, distributing water, distributing food, distributing cleaning supplies. Wouldn't it be fantastic if you could give just $1 for each one of those? What if you gave $10? That'd be a gift of $500 at Passover to celebrate that God gave his best. Give your best tonight during Passover. Your need is God's supply. No gift is insignificant. But this is resurrection seed time. This is $100 time, $1,000 time. For some of you, it's $10 time. But whatever it is, the miracle is that everybody does their best. Now, Harvest Youth is coming along in a minute. But before that, I'm going to release you to sow your resurrection seed. The, all the ways you can do it are right there in front of you. Please don't turn away. We can't gather together in the great tabernacle. Please don't forget God. Please be obedient and bring that Passover resurrection seed gift before God tonight, your Wednesday night offering. Make it a praise to God. We've got some things coming up. Friday night, Good Friday, you want to be right here. Good Friday, Holy Communion service with Jacqueline Carr and myself and Harvest Music Live. It all begins 7 o'clock Friday night. Then Saturday night, we're going to have a three-day revival. Saturday night, we're going to have worship night with Harvest Music Live, and I'll be there. We're going to pray for the sick and believe God for miracles. I need your faith to join me Saturday night, 7 o'clock, and then Easter Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. That's the weekend schedule. All right, get your seed ready. Go and sow your seed right now, and let's have a great victory on this Wednesday night of Passover. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.